Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year's, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. I haven't talked to y'all since last year. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Oh. Oh. <sighs> All right, let's get to it. All right. Uh, you, Bernie, you know, fuck y'all. I'm going to hit the intro. Thank you for welcoming us onto your screens or onto your headphones. I'm Eddie, and I'm joined by... I'm Chema. I'm Bernie. And today we're reviewing Godzilla Minus One, and this is the rollback. Japan is already devastated by war when a new crisis emerges in the form of a giant monster. Godzilla Minus One released, uh, what, like a month ago? Two months ago. It's quickly becoming a box office juggernaut, at least for Toho. It's already become the highest grossing Godzilla film ever made at $80 million uh, worldwide, which... Granted, the American version of Godzilla has grossed more, but for a movie from Japan, $80 is a lot of money. They what, tripled, quadrupled, octupled their money, almost? No, sextupled their money. Anyway, so Godzilla Minus One. I was looking forward to this film for a very long time. Um, I had no idea what movie this was. Fair enough. Chema? I first heard about this movie a few months ago, and then I started to hear a lot of uh, really interesting comments about it, that apparently it was very soulful, that it had very interesting character moments, and that it had probably one of the best Godzilla's ever made. And I was curious, I was interested, I heard really good things, finally got to see it um, a couple weeks ago, I think like two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little bit before we went on break, and they were absolutely right. This movie was a fucking delight. This is um, cannot believe that a movie like this made me feel so many emotions. That it was so easy to follow. That it was so greatly written, and that it represented the strength and invincibility of the human spirit. And this really shows a big difference between perspectives because a little bit before this, we got the trailer for Godzilla X Kong and <laughs> you know, it ended with that, like the two of them running towards each other and like on the same side, not towards to each other with each other, with each other, with each other. You're right. Uh, next, next, next to each other. And that got me pumped. But then this also got me pumped, which probably means that I just really like big monsters, but this man i did not expect to like it as much as i did the lack of expectations really helped but jesus christ what a fantastic experience i would be so happy if this would have been my last movie theater experience of the year sadly it was aquaman but this was a good uh i'm gonna pretend that i didn't see that one and and that i saw this one um yeah, easy spoilers, but like easiest ten out of ten that I've ever seen. Like this was Damn. amazing. Bernie, Bernie I, I remember you messaged me uh on Telegram that you said Godzilla minus one is a masterpiece. Elaborate, please, for any elaborate. Uh I didn't really plan on seeing this movie. Uh I hadn't heard Jack shit about it, uh to be honest. And it really came down to do I feel like reading subtitles? And then I was like, eh, fuck it. I'll go see it. I think a clip had popped up on TikTok 
of the of the opening. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that looks kind of interesting. This gets me a little tickled in my pickle, and I went to go see it. <laughs> and? Did it get a right. tickle on your pickle? <laughs> no, it was good. <laughs> um, no, I mean, for a movie that... Because, uh, I mean, the good of the movies that we saw as kids, the Japanese ones, like, I mean, they're all filled with the fucking silly-ass uh, Americanized versions of them. But even with a movie with a language barrier, you're still able to feel those emotions of like, uh, I, I forget. Honestly, I forgot every single character's name, but I do. I did really love the movie. I thought the movie was really was really well done. Um, but you feel like the guy's personal struggles of being a kamikaze pilot and not wanting to fucking do that shit because who wants to be a kamikaze pilot? And having to deal with raising this kid and being with this woman that he loves, but he feels like he doesn't deserve love. And then having to deal with a fucking monster in the middle of all this goddamn crisis. It's a very yeah. interesting movie. I liked it. Um, So just like some quick backstory. The new Godzilla films, at least so far, they're two for two. The Godzilla movies have always tried to have some kind of message. Like, Godzilla vs. Hedera was about, you know... You mean, like, the- message in uh, Don't Be a Menace in South Central? Could be. Well, does, does Don't Be a Menace in South Central include a message about uh, the environment? Because that's what Godzilla vs. Hedera was about. Hmm. I didn't see yeah. Shin Godzilla, so I always I thought this one was gonna be like a sequel to it. So I was like, I think originally I was like, oh, I can't watch this movie. I haven't even seen the other one. I so, thought that too before seeing this, but then it turned out that it wasn't. So pretty yeah. much, it's complete. I did see, I did see uh, Shin Godzilla, and I mean it's a good. Uh, it makes for good back to back movies. I will say that. I think this I, one's uh, Atomic Breath animation, though, was a lot better. I agree. Yeah. I, I think, well, see, this movie is meant to be a paired watch. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to watch Oppenheimer and then this film. Well, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say what... Uh, how do I say this? So I went to see this on a date, and when the movie ended, my date kind of turned to me and went... This is the movie that Oppenheimer wishes it was. She just went like, Oppenheimer fucking wishes, man. Like, <laughs> and uh, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. This, uh, man, the thing about, look, I, I, I liked Oppenheimer. I liked it more than her did, more, more than she did. Uh, but... Yeah, this uh, I like my allegories and I like my uh, my messages. I like them behind metaphors. I don't really like to be spoon fed. Uh, and Godzilla is a great metaphor for anything tragic because it makes you both root against him and for him. Because throughout the whole movie, you're thinking like, "God damn it, the tragedy!" But then when Godzilla is like. You know, just just breaking shit with his tail. You you're also thinking like, get him, Scylla. Like fucking get him. Like we are not worth it. Like like just. I never get thought. Them. 
I was never rooting for Godzilla at any point in this film. This yeah, was I was like, man, Godzilla's really a real him. fucking asshole. <laughs> like, and he's just doing it for shits and giggles. He doesn't I mean, have to knock down those buildings. He just he doesn't he doesn't get the politics. He doesn't get trauma. He doesn't get like he doesn't understand any of that. He's a fucking blizzard. Like he doesn't know any of that shit. So there's there, but there is like a part of you that, that's going like get him, Scylla. Like, and this movie up. started yeah. off like a fucking horror movie. So yeah. So I, I, uh, sorry, uh, somebody made this comparison. They, they, they were like, uh, the first third of this movie is Jurassic Park. The sec, the second third of this movie is Jaws, and the third third of this movie is Dunkirk, and that's kind of perfect. Um, I see it. Yeah, I've never seen um, Dunkirk. Oh my god! I tried watching it, and then I fell asleep, and I never gave it another shot. You didn't miss too much. I like Dunkirk, but it's not a must-watch. It's not Interstellar or Inception. But um, it's overrated. But you know, um, uh, okay. So, yeah. word to the wise, gentlemen, I will be overloading you with facts about Godzilla because this is my goddamn franchise. Oh, probably almost as much as DC Godzilla. So, to start, the movie opens with a kamikaze pilot Kochi. That's what that's what we'll call him. I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, landing on a Japanese base on Oda Island. Any Godzilla fan knows in the original 1954, that's where they found him. Like it's on Oda Island, the legend of this creature that they, you know, have sacrifices to, you know, they'll throw cows into the ocean or, you know, a, a woman on a boat, like, Hey, you're this year's sacrifice. Sorry. Throw her out to sea. In exchange, he brings the deep fish that they can feed on. Um, Oda Island uh, it becomes a military, not military base, but like a repair stop. Um, a kamikaze pilot lands and he says, oh, there's something wrong with the plane. And the mechanics can't find anything wrong. Uh, like, who gives a shit, dude? You're fucking crashing a plane into something. Who gives a fuck if something's wrong with the plane? <laughs> well, Tachibana, the, the actual mechanic, even says, like, he agrees with him. He agrees with Koshi. He says, we need more people like you. Like, this war is lost. Why are you sacrificing your life? He initially agrees with them, but that yeah. night Godzilla appears, and it's not the Godzilla that we know. This version is maybe... a mean little fucker. <laughs> well, little is right. He's what, maybe five stories, if that five to seven stories, maybe. He's, yeah, he's he's like a pretty scary fucking size still, but like he's not as big as what he's he not a god. Yeah, he's not oversized like in in the MonsterVerse, which I I'll, I made that criticism in a video. Um. But yeah, he's he's an asshole. He doesn't eat the guys when he's attacking the soldiers. Uh, he doesn't eat them. Yeah, he's just like, oh, get the fuck off my my land. Um, and it's crazy because you don't know. At one point, uh, Kochi is is given an order to get to his plane, use his twenty millimeter gun to cut down Godzilla. At that point, he hasn't been hit by the radiation. For all we know, it could have worked. We don't know. It might have, but. Koji, understandably, I think, freezes, uh, can't shoot, doesn't shoot. And the director even went on record as stating that Godzilla recognized Koji was in the plane, but because he didn't fire, he didn't kill him. Like, he's like, all right, this guy's not a threat. What I'm about the dudes going. running away for their lives that didn't shoot? Fuck him. I mean, they're all wearing white, so fuck them all. What about Godzilla what? recognizing those poor, helpless souls? <laughs> Fuck them? I mean, they they look the same. So he's like, oh, okay, all the dudes in white are Wow, white. they all look the same? <laughs> They're all wearing a white uniform for Jesus. Jesus. 
any goddamn way. You're problematic, uh, dude. Fuck off. Anyway, the next day we wake up. Kochi wakes up and sees all the dead bodies strewn around. The only surviving pilot being Kachibana, which he had this. It wasn't horrifying... a pilot. He was a mechanic. Oh, thank you, a mechanic. Uh, he has this horrifying okay. scream at one point where like his mouth is drooping and he's drooling, uh-huh. like top tier fucking acting. I will go on record stating that. Um, mm-hmm. And he shames him. He says, "If you had just done what you were Shame. supposed to." I'm sorry. I can only think of uh, it was a f- fucking show where they're like, "Shame, shame." Game yeah. Oh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. The whole goddamn time he goes back home, they still shame him. They, his neighbor, um, God, what's his neighbor's name? Not Nordic. Oh, Nordic the lady. The, woman he, he saves. the one that lost like all her kids. No. Yes. Uh. Oh, Miss uh, Sumiko. Sumiko. That's her name. Yeah. Underrated character. She has not received the same praise as everyone else, but like she's mad because she tells him, if you had just done your job, we wouldn't have lost the war. Because she's been fed this government-fed propaganda of if our men were better, we could have won. Like, yeah, shame the soldiers that are coming back that managed to live. Yeah, because that's smart. Hey man, yeah, uh, if I got put in a fucking position of being a suicide bomber, I probably wouldn't do it either. Be like, fuck this, I'm leaving. Get me in a plane. I'll fucking land somewhere. I'll leave. Gemma. Yeah, uh, this was great introduction to the characters and the setup and everything that will eventually come back at the end. Because Koichi has this uh has this whole thing, has this whole arc. And uh they make they make this very, very sentimental and very specific for this character where he feels this great shame. He felt shame even before he landed that plane. He felt shame. Like, he knew that he was escaping. He moved away from his post. And that's kind of eating him the entire movie. And uh, that, when, like, a key word in this movie is, like, you know, live. Like, dare to live. Like, like you survived, might as well live. And he feels like he has a debt to repay or a war to finish, which is uh, another key word that... Uh, comes back at the end. Um, great introduction. I really like how the character is introduced. And yeah, the fact that we have the neighbor shaming him back home. Like he wants to get his life back together, but there's no really, there's no life to get back into. And that's where we move into um, him meeting uh, Noriko, who becomes uh, his partner. Uh, he meets her with a baby who is not hers either. And uh, and they become kind of like a weird makeshift found, found family kind of thing. And um, I'm pretty sure you can make a sitcom intro out of that. Here's a boy, yeah. and he runs into a girl with a baby. It's not their baby. What are they supposed to do? She's poor, and he has PTSD. Is it? It, it, what three's company or three or three little orphans is that what we're calling the show the fuck, is, the fuck is this company i don't know it's an american yeah. show oh uh, yeah. yeah this little found family are you implying that i don't know your media like you just said the fuck is three company the fuck like, is i know company. but like we it's not it's not a generation thing so i, I don't know. know i don't i just know like, the the term fuck uh anyway so they become kind of like a weird makeshift family mm-hmm. and they're trying to you know get by little by little he gets a job 
becoming. So I like this. I really like this because so this takes place after uh, World War Two. Is that correct? Yes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. The bombs dropped. Because uh, yeah, so, they have the Japanese defense thingy-mabob. Yeah. The only thing that they're allowed to have because uh, the United States told them they couldn't have a standing army anymore. Yeah, yeah. so they have this thing. Uh, so he gets a job on a boat, pretty much uh, picking up and getting rid of the bombs that were left in the ocean. And this is where the movie kind of catches a new wind. And it becomes kind of like Jaws. Like we have, we see this crew on a boat and they're talking or telling stories a little by little. It's becoming also kind of like a found family. He starts to find some normalcy in having a job and bringing some money back to support himself, Noriko, and the little girl, which is called Akiko. And little by little, they, you know, we get like a little montage of them growing and making a bigger house and their neighbors also regrouping and making also their houses bigger. And there's a little bit of normalcy that that, that comes back. I loved the crew from the boat. I like how every character, like you could pinpoint like their personalities, how they were. My favorite being uh, Doc. I think I think that's, that's what they call them. Um, he was There's my favorite. Doc, the captain and the kid. If you can just call yeah, uh, yeah, they were like super the fun. I like the captain. I like the kid. Uh, the, the kid has a great uh, emotional scene near the end, but the Doc was a super fun character. I can, I, I the minute that, that I saw him, I went like, oh, he's going to be the standout. Like I already know. Um, but little by little, we see them like then, and then the story starts to move forward when we come back to the emotional stuff. And weirdly enough, throughout this entire section, I did not miss Godzilla. Like during this during these scenes, I knew for a fact that while they were making them, I knew that they were they did not want the audience thinking like get back to the lizard. I was uh I was uh, enjoying my time with these characters. I like how they're going through, and I like how the story moved because after some time of them regrowing and getting getting the group back, we have this dinner scene back at the house where he invites the crew and they're having dinner, and so one of them makes a comment about like, "Oh no, I wouldn't get near her. You know, she's a married woman," and that's when they say like, "Oh, we're not married, and that's not our kid." Like, they start to like mention the situation. And here's how you know that we do, do never talk about shit because you're telling me that this guy worked with these three guys and it never came up like, oh yeah, uh, I'm not married, but I live with a woman and we also live with a baby, but it's not our kid. Like it never came up. Nope. Not no, once. That shit doesn't come up. Like you, you, you work with someone every day for months, maybe a year. And you never mention. That's I the mean, that's the definition of my personal life. My personal life. Then why bring them to your home? Did, maybe that was the first time visiting. I guess I don't know. They're good. Maybe, they're drinking yeah. buddies. I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's like the first time over. But they, like I don't know. I, I just found it really funny. Like like it never came up. Really? Um. No. Well, I mean, I I like how you're right. It never comes up, but also it kind of dives into the whole guilt trip where it's like. Why aren't you married? And he said, he even tells the little girl, Noriko, no, Noriko, uh, Akiko, right? Akiko. Yeah. Akiko, yeah. He even says, she calls him daddy and he says, I'm not your father. And all, all three right, dudes dude, are like, she's a kid. Like, you might as well just let her call you that. Yeah. Um, but I love how that starts to set the tone of like, he can't let himself be happy. Like, he has this guilt. 
he even has a dream at one point and he asks, like, am I awake? Am I here or am I dead? Because the PTSD is that bad. He's not sure if he died in the war. And while this is happening, we get a montage of um of the bombings of Bikini Atoll, of Godzilla being mutated by the bomb that gets dropped, um, and how multiple warships have been taken down, you know, heading towards Japan. Um, however, due to the Soviet conflict, America will not intervene. They pretty much tell Japan, you're on your own, figure it the fuck out. Um, and that's when, that's when he kind of begins to tell, he tells, uh, Noriko, I don't remember if it was before or after, about Godzilla. No, it's after, I'm sorry. So him and the crew are sent out to try and stall Godzilla, uh, while they wait for a heavy cruiser, Takao. Tokyo, the heavy cruiser to try and fight Godzilla. They end up getting chased, which he looks fucking mean in this. His eyes are terrifying. Was anyone else scared of this Godzilla design? Yeah, I was like, this fucking Godzilla looks like a mean some bitch. This is still like that scene with the giant head going towards them, and them just, oh, just oh god. What up? I am obsessed. Uh, I am obsessed with giant, slow-moving monsters. Like the ones that really make you feel like they're there because of the weight and everything. And to me, the I closest do. thing that I've had that like filled that like need is the video game Shadow of the Colossus. Like to me, that's the closest thing that we got. Mm-hmm. But that scene with the giant head like slowly like moving towards them and and like you can feel you can feel like any second you could fall into those teeth. It's absolutely wonderful. Well, and let's jump into into more of this. So the director of this film was also the writer, also the head of CG of the special effects. He's actually a former special special effects director. Uh, Toho famously pre Shin Godzilla always had two directors on the films. It was one for the monster scenes and the special effects, and one for the human drama. Right? They were never to interfere with each other. Shin Godzilla, I, I, I'm I, assuming that the director of Shin Godzilla handled all of it. Same thing with this. The VFX director was getting frustrated with the fact that it didn't look the way he wanted. So he said, fuck it, I'll do it myself. So he actually like brought his own, brought a bed, lived in the, in the office, and was working on the film constantly to get the look that he wanted. That chase scene of, of Godzilla's head is not practical in any capacity. It is fully CGI. So uh, Shin Godzilla did have two directors, by the way. Ah, um, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Hideaki Anno and someone else. Uh, I only remember Hideaki Anno because he created Evangelion. But uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah, this guy Takashi Yamas- y- Yamasaki. Um, mm. So I trust him because he did the Looping the Third, the first CGI movie, and it is fucking wonderful to me. That is the movie that killed CGI. Uh, animated movies because no, there's not going to be a single Pixar style looking movie that looks better than that one. I mean, also a great introduction to, to Lupin the Third. It's a fucking great movie. Um, Lupin the Third, yeah, the so, first. Yeah, just look at just look up Lupin the Third, the first. It's a, like you could not believe that the loop that the Lupin the Third designs will look that good on CGI, and they look amazing. Oh shit! Now I gotta watch this movie. I like Lupin yeah, the Third, the original anime. Yeah, uh, this one is great, and it's a good reintroduction to the characters. Um, but he's so he directed Godzilla minus one, and yeah, like you can tell that this had 
a singular vision, like a way that it wanted to look. Because it, there's never a scene that feels convoluted or like there's like a, or that there's like arguing going on in the script or something. There always seems to be straight. And I like that. I like that there was a, a comfortableness there. I like that there was that because after that chase scene and after Godzilla destroys that helicarrier looking battleship thing, we have probably one of the best uh uh like needle drops like in a movie because the moment when Godzilla starts attacking the city and uh Noriko like turns from the subway and says like it's Godzilla and you hear the theme song start playing mm-hmm. and uh and you see him like slowly just crawling toward oh my god oh god uh last year we saw Saw 10 and to me Saw 10 had like the best uh, like drop of the theme song. This is a close, maybe maybe replaced it, but it's a close second because Jesus Christ, what a great use of the Godzilla theme song, and what a great scene overall. Like that destruction scene was was amazing. Right. Oh, I love the use of the theme song in this one because, like, I mean, you want like I was watching King of the Monsters recently because after I saw uh, minus one, I I went on a Godzilla kick. And um, King of the Monster uses the theme, but it's never like in this capacity. And in this capacity, like you actually hear it. I don't know. In uh, King of the Monsters, you just you kind of faintly hear it at times. But this one like uses it really well. Um, the I I think it's absolutely nuts that the fucking scene where they're chasing, they're being chased on the boat isn't uh, practical. I thought it was practical, but nope. CGI is nuts. He supposedly the water alone took up 500 gigabytes. Just just the water, like just just the water Jesus parts. Christ. Yeah, so you can imagine like how how heavy how much data this this movie took. Um, what's it called fun? So a few fun facts. So in the original Godzilla in 1954, um, they when they were planning out the destruction scene of, of Tokyo, right? They couldn't do the whole city, right? They had to pick and choose. What miniatures were to have put more attention? There's a legendary theater in Tokyo. Uh, sorry, in in Ginza. I'm sorry, in the Ginza district, where um, where they were showing Godzilla. But it's a very famous uh, theater. It still stands today. You will you would see it in Shin Godzilla. It being destroyed. It's it's historic. Um, in 1954, when the movie was happening and they were showing it at that theater, the folks in the crowd saw the theater and saw it get destroyed, and some of them freaked out. They were like, "Oh shit!" Is he? <laughs> like it was because they had never seen here before. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in this film, I love that we saw him destroy the theater again. Like I, for the hardcores, I was like, "Chef's kiss!" Like the people that made this film did their homework and know the big things that matter to the fans, right? And it's something that you know non-fans are just gonna be like, "That's cool." Hardcores are like. Thank you for doing those little things. There's some more of that later on. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this destruction scene happens. He's destroying uh, Ginza. Um, Noriko uh, gets found by Kochi. He's trying to get her out of the city. And then that's when Godzilla decides to be the biggest asshole and uses his atomic breath in a scene that famously mirrors an actual atomic bomb going off. The explosion coming out, Noriko pushes Kochi into into uh in between a building to save them and she gets flown like 
hundreds, yeah. hundreds of feet uh, in the ensuing explosion. Um, Co- uh, Kochi comes out, can't find her. The city's completely wrecked. Um, Godzilla just roars into the atomic bomb, and we get the Black Rain, which if you don't know, after the atomic bomb happened, Black Rain became to, began to come down. It was actually very... Uh, very radioactive and was infecting people, the black rain. So that another scene that brings back the destruction of the atomic bombs. Yeah. And Godzilla. Oh, that, uh, I mean, that animation of Godzilla charging up his atomic bomb, probably the best one I've seen. Yeah. The slow charge and then just a boom. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. I'm still, I think I still prefer the one from Shingatsu, just a little bit more. Because of all the beams or what? Just because of all the spectacle surrounding it, man. And because and because of the practicality, it's a suit, you know, it's it's it, it, oh. this no Shingatsu famously you're used telling all... me Shingatsu, that wiggly boy, you're telling me that, that that was that was all CGI. Yes. Well it I kind of respect o- it more and it kind of looks used... a little bit better than this one, I think. They only used two parts where it was practical and it was a massive puppet for the head that could move for close-up shots. Okay, yeah, and, that makes sense. And a piece of skin amazing. that they could get close to, and that was it. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I, I I still prefer the the blast from from Shingo to uh, just a little bit more, just because of the spectacle, but everything else I really prefer this one. Um great scene also when uh, Koichi gets uh gets hit with the black rain and does this amazing yell. Like this pain got, painful, yeah. Yell. This guy is super young. He's 30 and he he's acting his ass off in this, in this movie. And he's been acting his entire life. And it's amazing to see him like finally in like a something this big because he did he's been doing voices for Studio Ghibli movies since he was a child. So Makes sense. now the so now the fact that he's uh he's leading this, it's really cool to see. Um so yeah, so yeah. So uh, one, another quick thing, Noriko and Kochi, the actors have actually worked together for years on a on a like a daytime drama in Japan. That's where they had such good chemistry and were able to work together and be so comfortable with each other because they've known each other for years. It's like working with your friend. Makes nice. sense. Yeah. Uh, so let me give my quick uh, rating. If I had to rate this movie, I'd give it a five out of five. Masterpiece. Loved it. Great Godzilla movie. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. And more than likely, I'm going to end up buying it on Blu-ray. More than likely 4K, because that's how much I liked it. Damn, that's a that's a hell of a financial commitment. Give me All a right. Criterion collection of this. I want it. All right, so... All right, folks, so... And we're back. <laughs> so we're left... Um, there's a scene that follows this where um, we go back to the house, which they, they, they had finally rebuilt, made it into almost like a two... Uh, Almost two stories, little house with more space. It was a cute little home. It was a cute little home, and they got back to it, and it's destroyed. And, you know, it stands, but it's destroyed. It's got holes and everything. And we see the crew back. We see the neighbor back. We see uh, Akiko back. And what a heartbreaking scene, like, having to comfort your not-daughter and be like, your not-mother is not here. Just, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, Matt. I'll tell you this right now. Nikki gave me the dirtiest fucking look when Noriko died. She just gave me the dirtiest look of like, you, you piece of this. shit. <laughs> and I had to play it straight. Not no spoilers yet, but I had to play it straight. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, um, 
Noriko's dead. And I mean and dead. Yeah. Dead. And Kochi yeah. uh kind of has to reconcile, like, am I not allowed to be happy? Because right before I damn, I wish we had talked about this. He has another breakdown after he saw Godzilla. Uh Noriko comforts him. And then Kochi says, like, can I move forward? Can I can I be happy? Almost like uh there's a great scene in the Phantom God, God, what's it called? Mask of the Phantasm, I'm sorry. In Batman Mask of yeah. the Phantasm, Bruce Wayne is after he is happy with uh with um the woman. Yes, I can't remember her name. It's uh, okay. You can just say the woman. No, no, no. Mask of the Phantasm. I need to look it up now. The Mask Phantasm. Of the spoilers. Phantasm. Uh Andrea Beaumont. Okay. Yeah. Once once uh he's happy with her, he's he's seen crying at his grave and he says I'll, I'll give the police all the money so they can hire more cops. Like, I didn't plan on this. I didn't plan on being happy. Like, can I can I do this? Please, like, release me from this promise I made you. This tragedy. This tragedy. Koji has a similar moment with the soldiers that died on Odo Island. Am I not allowed to be happy? Am I not allowed to, to move forward with my life? Does this have to define who I am? Everything. Um, so, uh, Noriko's dead. And they decide uh, a local citizens group is going to form a plan to try and take down Godzilla, to which obviously Kochi is very much, I am in, sir. Um, so due to government action, a uh, citizens group forms a plan led by the doc, which also the doc um, is very reminiscent of the zoologist from the original. That camera is the same exact model from the original film. It's just, again, the little things. Yeah. Uh, and he presents this brilliant plan, which in every film, what is it? We bomb him. We bomb him harder. What are you going to do? We're going to bomb him even fucking harder than that. Uh, even the American movies, what do they do? That was Megatons, not Kilotons. In this film, a, a brilliant plan to crush Godzilla in two different ways. They're going to drown him. They're going to sink him, I think, 1,500 meters instantaneously. And if that doesn't kill him, they're going to raise him up. That way the explosive decompression should like implode him. Yeah. Um, brilliant plan, but they don't know if it's going to work. And it's so practical. It's such a realistic plan that, again, fucking chef's kiss. Yeah, I am, I am slowly relearning that my favorite genre or like my favorite extra thing to add to a movie is if nice. there's no fucking phones um because the fact that this movie was a period piece because it took place like after the after um world war ii like the whole year all the movies that i love the most are movies where i cannot tell that it's you know takes place now so mm -hmm. maybe call me a boomer call me whatever you want but like i like when things are practical and when you know they're not done through like phones and shit you know so the fact when they when they bring up the little diagram with the wooden Godzilla and they sink it and they bring it back, like, thank you, I needed that uh, because I I learned better with you know with fucking toys, but yeah, uh, but I like this. Uh, it, it, it 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 amplified my enjoyment of what was happening. Uh, so I like that they had the plan. I like that the doc is kind of kind of like tricks them, like ah, I knew the plan, but you didn't know that I knew. Happen. Yeah, and uh, and then they decide to make the plan to to go to to, to go, and um, it leads to two things that I really enjoy about the movie. One, the kid 
from the plan. Like they tell him that he's not gonna he's not gonna go because he broke his arm, I think. And they no, they him, no. so, so they, they tell him. No, yeah, he did break his arm, but so they tell him that. I know what I, the line is. I, I was I was working towards that man. Like oh, I'm I was sorry, getting I'm sorry, there. I'm yeah. Sorry. yeah, I like, but the excuse is that he's not going because he broke his arm. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, but like I was going to get that. I was going to get there. Like uh, he, so he breaks his arm or whatever. And they tell him like, oh, you cannot go. Like you, you're gonna slow us down, whatever. And he, they have, he has this great scene where he gets angry. He yells, like, I want to go. Like, take me. I want to defend my country. Like, I like I want to die at the front line if necessary. And they, and then the captain tells him, probably one of my favorite lines of the movie, which is when he tells him, like, it is an honor to not have seen war. It is a privilege to not have seen war. Mm-hmm. And that is a thing. That line needed to be said. In that moment, even if he doesn't, if he doesn't get through his stuck skull, uh, like bone, yeah. you know. Um, so I like that. I like that we have that scene of like, hey, we are aware of what we're doing. We don't want to do it, but we might as well, you know. There's a great scene when after they tell him the plan, they're like, none of you are obligated to stay. Like some of you can leave if you want yeah. to, and if you do leave, and then a few like stay and ask like. How sure are we that this is gonna work? And they go like, "We're not like straight up. We're not sure." And they but go like, "Well," and they, and they go like, "Well, beats being in war. It beats it beats knowing that you're gonna die. Yeah, beats knowing uh, that you know we're not trying." And uh, I like that. And then it leads to um, uh, Koichi reaching out to his uh, to his previous Tachibana um, to to Tachibana. Yeah, it reach, he reaches out to him. To help him repair the uh, the plane. Well, I'm sorry, not Tachibana. It's gonna be where is it? The the technician that helped him with the goddamn oh sh no, not Shikishima. Oh yeah, it It is is Tachibana. My bad. It It is is Tachibana, Tachibana. my bad. Yeah. Um yeah, he reached out to Tachibana. He angers him on purpose. He says, like, oh, you're the reason people like that. Because he knew if he was like, hey, help me, he wouldn't have showed up. But if he calls him a coward, he'll get mad, he'll come kick my ass. Uh, by the way, by the way, uh, Tachibana, the actor, uh, yeah. Muneteka Aoki, he was the voice uh, for Rory Kenshin. Really? Yeah. The original, the original Japanese. That's his voice. Oh, dude, he plays such a great character. Too bad the creator was a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we can still admire the actor. He's he's pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, he's good in this too. Yeah. Um, but he so gets in contact. He's gonna work on the plane. Uh, uh, Kochi in all but directly says like my war's not over and neither is yours like we need to finish this and essentially saying like I'm going to kamikaze I'm going to fly that plane into Godzilla's mouth if I can get it in there I can kill him I know I can yeah. Um, to which Tachibana is all on board He, him and his team of mechanics you know retrofit the plane with enough explosives to hopefully kill Godzilla uh, should the kamikaze uh, attack happen uh, while everyone else is arming up and they're preparing ships to try and battle Godzilla. And we get this awesome, awesome scene where where the dock, um, you know, they're like, okay, tomorrow's the day we're going to set the trap and we're going to fight Godzilla. And there's almost dread in the air. And that's when Doc gives this very important and necessary speech. Uh, Dr. Nota says, you know, 
too long the government has treated life recklessly. You know, tanks that don't have that are not properly armored, planes without uh, ejector seats, kamikaze pilots. You know, tomorrow we don't fight to die; we fight to live. So tonight, when you go home, you're not going home because you're not going to come back. Let's let's we're all going to come back. That's what we're going to try. We're coming back for life. Giving this rousing speech because even in the U.S. versions of Godzilla, there's this understanding of you may not come back. In 2014, they say there's no extraction point. If you go and you you may not die, you may die. Like, understand this. This is a borderline suicide mission. Mm -hmm. And in every other iteration, it is said as such, like, be prepared for death. This is the first film that I can think of genuinely where they're like, no, we're going to come back. All of us. We're going to try. And it's important because it is talking about certain topics of the Japanese government, um, the way that they have that they did treat their soldiers back then, because this is not as uh, fictionalized as you may think. Pilots that came back were seen as cowards. They were seen as dirty blood, as people that you should not um, try to, to, to reproduce with because they're cowards. It's in their blood. And they shamed them. And it's, it's how do you shame someone who just wanted to live? How do you shame someone for that? Um, so this movie does a great job of setting that up. And then we get a great scene with uh, Kochi and Tachibana in an airstrip preparing for a fight um akiko wakes up uh with a card and goes to the neighbor and the neighbor opens it and it essentially has a lot of money and it says use this for akiko because i'm not coming back like it's essentially his like goodbye letter yeah he gets in the plane and tachibana is telling him hey here's how you deploy the the weapons here's how you arm the missile here's how you do this and then uh kochi takes out the pictures of all the people that died on odo island you know, and he shows like I carried this with me all these years. Like I, they, the war never ended for me. Yeah. And Tachiban is kind of touched, and he says, "Okay, here's how you arm the weapon, blah blah blah." And we leave it there. Mm-hmm. And then we get the I, maybe one of my favorite scenes. Um, they're preparing to 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 ship off uh, the naval to try and trap Godzilla, and we get a fucking boat being thrown halfway across the goddamn harbor, and they're just like, "What do we do?" We fight. We try. So we get... People often accidentally think that uh, the music is associated with Godzilla. It's not. The... I'm going to try to recreate it. The... That is not Godzilla's theme. That, in the original 54, is the theme of the Japanese army fighting Godzilla. That's meant to be their theme song to battle him. That's a war cry. Yeah. But it was so iconic, it was so good that people associate it as Godzilla's theme song. His is the dun, 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 dun. Yeah. But people associate both. No, one is to fight him. And I love how they reclaim that music in this instance to fight this horrifying monster. We're not cheering for Godzilla, we're cheering for the people, which is I can't think of another film where we ever have other than Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so that happens, and the plan's on, and they're trying to trap Godzilla while Kochi is distracting him. And he gets terrifyingly close several times. We get close-up shots and day shots of Godzilla. That's also I'm sorry, I've like been on a tangent. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. no. I'm just, I'm That's so also what I really like about the movie, because I think, except for the beginning, except for the intro scene, all of Godzilla scenes are daytime scenes. 
And I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I like that because I like seeing what's happening. And uh, a lot of other monster American movies, mo mostly, like they keep it in the dark so you can't see shit. And, uh, and so I like that I was able to see it because I wanted to see this Godzilla. Um, we have this great scene where he starts to distract Godzilla and we get the two boats uh, circling around him. And the whole scene, I am shaking because I'm like, are they going to make it? Or are they not going to make it? Like, what's going to happen? And first we have uh, first test. They sink, they, they sink him, which that, that ends up working for a bit. Uh, they're trying to read all of the, uh, like, all the steps and everything. And we have this scene that it, it, it is the perfect length. It is perfectly, like, uh, like directed and perfectly moved um, to the point where you can see. You, you never feel like it's taking too long or that it's not doing enough or that it's, uh, or that it's too fast. It's the perfect amount of the, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? They're going to make it. And then. Uh, the kid, the kid comes in with another boat and with a thousand other boats, like the whole, uh, like the whole community is coming in to help them. Mm -hmm. And this is the moment that the movie made me think like, man, we are worth it. Like we, as people, as humanity, like <laughs> we are worth saving, man. We are so worth saving, and uh, and that is the best feeling that a movie can live you with. And they all start helping out, and we start to see here the theme. The theme is riling. Uh, Koichi is flying around, seeing everything. He's thinking maybe there's a possibility he won't have to sacrifice himself for this. And then uh, they it doesn't work. It, Godzilla is moving again. He's charging up again, and so they bring all him the back. White is callous. Yeah, so they, they they bring him back, and here's where it got. I don't want to say goofy, but the way that he looked with the floaties, it was cute. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was cute. Um, yeah. Uh, like, he looked like a plushie in that moment. Like, like it was, he's so big and his arms are so tiny and he had, like, the plush. It was, it, it, it was, it was adorable. And, uh, but he's there, he's, like, frozen and we're, like, they gave us, like, a moment to, like, let it sink in, like, holy shit, did it work? Did it work? Are we good? Are we good? It's nope. like, uh, did, did you see Prince of Egypt? Uh, I have not. Okay, so there's a there's a scene near the end of Prince of Egypt when they do, like, the parting of the Red Sea, and after the sea, like, comes back, uh, all of the, all of the, all of the people that, that, that Moses just freed, they all turn to see the sea, um, and it's all, like, coming back and it's a full minute of silence think about that a full minute of silence in a in an animated movie that's technically supposed to be for kids but it is for everyone i'll, I'll dare mm. say it's more for adults but it's a full minute of silence of just them all like kind of soaking it all in and they do kind of something like that similar here where they go like are we good are we not what's happening and uh and then it doesn't like he starts freaking out like they, they, they all start to think like god damn it we had a plan b what's gonna happen now and then they all see koichi just straight up flying the silence the yeah the, the that silence, silence oh. and they all think they're gonna die he's charging up and they're they're yeah. ready to accept it even the kids just like yeah and then and all you hear is the plane oh you hear the plane and then <clears throat> also before that we see the neighbor get a letter 
Mm-hmm. And she starts to get like, and we're all thinking like, what, what's happened? What, what, what does the letter mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? And then Jess turns to me and goes like, is she alive? Like, what if she's alive? And I, and I, Koji and I, dies. And what if he does like, no, don't fucking do this to me movie. Like, don't, don't do this to me. And then, and then he flies straight into Godzilla's mouth and we see the explosion and there's silence and then we're all like, what, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? And then Doc, God bless you, Doc, just points to the sea to the sky, goes, Look at that, you beautiful bastard, look at that. <laughs> we see Koichi deciding to live, grabbing on that parachute, and it's so beautiful. I was so happy in that moment. Like I, they fuck you, Toho, you made me care so, so- much. I want this little guy. The editing, the editing of all of these scenes was perfect because if you if you knew that that letter said that uh, Noriko was alive, you think, oh, he's gonna die and she's gonna live and raise the baby, right? Or you don't know what the letter means. It's one way or the other. And then the explosion happens, and they don't immediately cut to him. They show the explosion, and everyone's still devastated because again, you don't know is he alive or dead. And then you see the airplane, and you see. The backtrack of events where Tachibana tells him, you know, this plane has an ejector seat. You pull this lever and you can eject. Pick life. Choose to live. We've suffered enough. You know, our war can end, but we don't have to die. Um, so he chooses life, blows Godzilla's head, clean off his fucking shoulders. Godzilla essentially disintegrates in with the atomic with the atomic blast. His body disintegrates. Tachibana touches back on land. And then that's when uh, the neighbor, uh, Soriko? Am I, wait, no. wait, 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 wait. I wanted to mention one more thing that happened there. Sure. Um, there is a moment there after they see that he's alive. They all kind of turn. They all, you know, they're all glad that he's alive. But then they all turn to Godzilla. And what do they all do? Oh, they salute him. They salute Godzilla. Because... Even in that last moment, they realized what they did. You know, they did save themselves, but they took something, they took their life, you know, they took Godzilla's life. Yeah. And there's a moment there where they all in silence, because if that was an American movie, they would just all be cheering. But because it's like, it's it, it has a different sensibility. Somber. Yeah, they 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 see it as like. If, if Godzilla was the other side of the war and they just saw that side lose, they're not going to go and make fun of it. They all they, they all just salute, took their hats down, and had also a moment where they're like, you know, we're done. We're done with this, you know? Yeah. And I love that moment. Like, I, I never thought I was going to get a moment like that ever in a movie, and I love that we had it. And then we have, like, the moment when they come back to land, but I like that moment existed there. Yeah. Um, there's also a moment. So he lets go of his guilt, chooses to live. Um, yeah. And then they end up finding out that Noriko's alive. They get a telegram of where she is, uh, which people have been pointing out. How could they not know? Didn't you check the hospitals? Dude, we didn't have internet back then. There were a yeah. thousand hospitals. He couldn't go to every single one. Also, did you see the blast radius? She was probably dead. I would have assumed that she was dead. Mm-hmm. But yeah, regardless. Um, she lives and she asks him a question is your war over 
and he hugs her and he cries and they cry. Um, but we see a little bit of black on her neck. And that's left yeah. ambiguous. The director said that he added that as ambigu- as ambiguity. Did she survive because of that? Because she was infected? Because Godzilla could regenerate. Is that why yeah. she's alive? Or is she infected and she's going to die? Because also, remember how I mentioned the Black Rain earlier, how it infected people? That was the start. When it infected you, you had black bruises around you. If you survived the nuclear explosion, your skin was irradiated and it was black. The original Godzilla's design, the black burns, were meant to invoke the the look of people that survived the original atomic bomb blast. It was all it's all fucking tied together. Um but yeah, and meanwhile, a chunk of Godzilla's flesh begins to regenerate beneath the ocean. Um yeah. And I could have bo- done without that if I if I'm honest, but I understand that it's a Godzilla movie and it has to end like that. So initially they didn't know if they were gonna do a sequel, and even now, because Shin Godzilla was a one-shot, Godzilla yeah. one is a, might be a one-shot too. Um, it's been seven years since Shin Godzilla came out. Um don't say that. What oh yeah, it's been a minute. Don't, so don't say that. Yeah. Oh. But, but they don't know when they're gonna do the next Godzilla movie. Toe even said, like, there's no plans to do it next year or even the year after that. Like, we're gonna take our time. I'm cool if this becomes like the definitive Godzilla movie for a while. Uh like I think this movie could be watched by people who don't care about watching a movie in Japanese, that don't care about watching a Godzilla movie. I think this is literally the movie for everyone in the same way that it's a little weird, but it's a movie for everyone. The same way that everything everywhere all at once was that movie last year. I think this could be the movie this year. Hate that it came out so late in the year. Truly deserves more attention. Uh, It just came out here on the 28th and I went to see Aquaman because I, because I had cousins that were visiting all over and we all wanted to go see a movie together. My idea was taking to go see Godzilla, but they wanted to see fucking Aquaman. So we went to see fucking Aquaman. And a ton of people were there for Godzilla. Like yeah. a ton of people went to see Godzilla. I know because they were they were giving away uh, special tickets, like special novelty. Uh, what? Fuck tickets. you! Yeah, uh, I think they might. Uh, if if I go see it, I'll try to get you one. You know, but I will uh, pay you. I will pay you tens of dollars for that. <laughs> um, I'll let you know how what they look like and everything. Um. But yeah, they, they were giving away like special like memory tickets for that and for uh, Boy and the Heron. They were giving them for both. Um, but yeah, uh, Jesus, it's hard to finish talking about this movie, but it's I mean, great, man. It's man, fucking great. Like you were absolutely right. This was so worth it. So fun seeing it in theaters. So fun experiencing it. I This was awesome. This was a 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10. I challenge Man. anyone to watch this movie and not love it. I was crying by the end. Like that moment when she, when Noriko asked him, like, are you finished with your war? Uh uh great. And 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 Koichi, Koichi's not the stepdad, he's the dad that stepped up. Uh <laughs> love the love this movie. Uh it made a dent in my top ten of the year. Uh it made me rethink the whole list, so that's gonna be a fun thing when we when we do do it. Same. Do you want? When should we? We gotta plan out the top ten because that's gonna be a long ass. That that might be a two hour podcast. I think uh, I was rewatching the one from twenty twenty two, and yeah. um, 
We took like an hour and a half to do it. It's not gonna be that long. That's what, look, yeah, dude. This one might be two hours because we got a lot to say about movies. But yeah, Jesus, yeah. But okay, um, yeah. Uh, what would you rate it? Uh, a plus, ten out of ten, five out of five. There's no question it'll be on my top ten, but it, the question is where's is it gonna land, and that's gonna be very interesting because there's another movie this past year that I really enjoyed. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah. Oh, this year's top ten is gonna be a bitch. Hell yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun. So, uh, but yeah, that's Godzilla minus one. Uh, we'll see. Uh, hopefully we do. Maybe we could do like one more episode before we do our top 10. Um, I do want to do. What do you want to do? Aquaman next week or Rebel Moon? I, oh God. I don't want to talk about Rebel Moon. Uh, yeah. We'll do Aquaman. Have you seen it already? No. I, you haven't first, seen it. It's the first and only time in the DCEU that I've not seen a movie on its opening day, let alone opening weekend or opening week. Jesus Christ. Uh, Dude, I well, was so fucking busy. Let me tell you something. Let me give you a little preview. Uh-huh. Okay. You know you know Carl Sagan? No. The Cosmos guy? No. No. Okay. He was a very smart guy. We'll just leave it at that. Uh-huh. And he once said, there's a possibility that the universe will end with a bang or with a whimper. Oh, and this one's a whimper? Okay. This movie ended DCU in a fart. I- I'm telling you, they should have finished with the Flash resetting everything. That would have made more sense. Yeah. Well, if only the Flash had reset everything and didn't decide to go out with a joke. So we'll talk about Aquaman next time. Maybe. We'll see. Uh... Yeah. All right. Well, sorry to end this on a disappointing note, but yeah, watch Godzilla. It's great. Watch and, it twice. And watch the Percy Jackson show. It's a new episode today. Oh, I hear the show sucks. Who, who told you that? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Who we will definitely review that. that. We will who definitely review it that? as well. All right. Sounds great. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for joining us. My name is Shema. I've been Eddie. And this was the Rollback signing up for another year of nonstop movie and show and other shit talking no strikes no stops just full on nerding out thank you for joining us we're we're happy to be here good night bye everyone